Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you'll lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much, and who are, we, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Run from churches where men and not Christ are glorified. Run! Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the Removing Confusion podcast. It is September. The summer is slipping, slipping, slipping away because it is now the, wow, it's the 6th of September. 6th of September. We have officially rolled into the time for kids to get back to school. So keep your eye out when you're driving for school buses and little tykes going across the road and all that kind of thing. We don't want any disasters. <clears throat> I remember as a, as a kid, uh, fourth grade, I think it was, I lost a good friend of mine who was hit by a car. And it, it affects you, you know. But uh, I've been off for a while. Not Not that I ever take a vacation, uh, just been very busy uh, keeping things running around the ranch here. And as well, I have uh, ministerial uh, business that I take care of pretty regularly. So a lot, of, a lot of that's going on. And I'm not complaining. I enjoy being busy. 
And, you know, there's, there's time that you take for yourself. Now I, I didn't take for myself time to, uh, stay away from doing the podcast. I, I know that when I'm not on, I tend to lose listeners and I, I pray that we can gain them back. If you would, when you hear what I have to say, if you think it's worthy, share it. Uh, it's, go to your Facebook page and, and click the link and send it out to people. We're, we're trying to do nothing here but share the word of God. We're, it's not opinion. Uh, it's not news. It's not uh, COVID, everything. You know, I mean, there's places for that, and people need to know what's going on. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we're going to have a blackout that takes out the power grid. No, I don't have any, I have no insight to that. I know that when it happens, we'll all be in the dark. But we don't have to be completely in the dark. I know people who sweat over this. They, they're so concerned. But yet, they're not thinking about eternity. You know, there's a darkness in eternity. It's called the outer darkness. I've been, I've been trying to find, I had a book that talked about uh, Middle Eastern, you know, specifically Jewish mannerisms and customs. It's just a little book. And it talked about these different things. Why would Jesus use the terminology that he did? Well, I heard a guy say it the other day. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it because I, I know it makes sense. And in that period of time, uh, there were no street lights to light or any of that other stuff. You know, Rome, I guess, had uh, lights that they lit up. But the, in the rural communities and out there where, where it was, they'd light a candle because they had a, you know, I'm going to say it the uh, best way I can. They had a fear of the dark, and it would be black dark. And this could be DNA-related as to, you know, seeing the Egyptians go through a darkness that they could feel, and I believe the Jews did not in the uh, Exodus. But you know, as you as you study these things, you you want to know more. You want to you want to feel like I walked away from the pew with a little bit more in my head and my heart, or vice versa. However, however spiritually minded you are, you can go with it. We don't get enough teaching anymore. I, what I see in the church is a very man centered mess, trying to take good biblical stories which have a very spiritual application all the way through to the end of the book but yet they make it about them and that's just sad that that happens pride slips in and that's what we'll talk about today i've been on a kick lately of uh, really studying the fear of god and people are like, well, I don't want to fear God. Well, you have to. If you don't, you're crazy. If you don't fear God, the good soil for a seed to grow within you in Christianity is lost. The birds of the air are going to swoop down onto that stony ground and take it away. We fear God in the, in the regard that he has given us things that we are to do 
And some people will say, you're talking law, you're a legalist. You can believe what you want about me. I don't really care. Believe what you want about the Bible. In Leviticus chapter 26, we'll look at some things. And again, Leviticus, it's the law. It's a book of the law, the Levites. They are the ones that were given the law of God. Moses and and Aaron were the original. And all the progeny from their um, family, their, their tribe, sorry, were of the Levite persuasion. They are Levites. People with today would have the name like Cohen, Le, Levi, of course, Levin, uh, Levitt, I think even. There's a lot of, with that Levi in it, are uh, that are of a Jewish background, they are in the priestly uh, class of the Jew, the tribe of the Jews. Now, God in Leviticus 26 is going to this what and what I'm I'll work up to where I'm going, you know, as I try to ham-fistedly get us through this. And right off the bat in the beginning verses opening, we have the Lord through Moses or Aaron giving them the law again. You shall make no idols or graven images, neither rear you up a standing image. Neither shall you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. Now, that was the God setting them up as they go through this wilderness thing to understand that, hey, you're coming into a place where that's what these people do. They set up idols. Church, listen to me. You can go to places and they set up idols yet today in different ways. They, they have men that they venerate. They have men that they look up to more than they do God. Some call themselves pastors. Some call themselves other names. In the Catholic Church, you have the father, the, you know, the priest, the pope, the bishops, the cardinals. In the in the realm of the uh, Christian community, you have the pastor, the board members, this, the associate pastor, and their word becomes bond. Some of them don't even preach the word of God. They do as the Carter Conlon says at the, at the end of my opener, which I've used for a while now, if you go to a a church where all they do is tell stories and jokes get out run run from there you need to have the word of god poured out to you just like we're going to do today now i would like to get back into expositional study like i i did it a while back with first peter and the Lord just led me there. That's, that's all I can say. I didn't pick First Peter. Just oh, that's a short book. Let's do it. It's, it actually took me a, quite a while to do it. I tried to say, well, we'll do one one chapter each program. It didn't go that way. There is a lot of meat in Scripture once you start to chew on it. Right off the bat, verse one says, you know, again, what I just say. No idols, no images. Don't be setting things up, just like Nebuchadnezzar did. He was a pagan, 
he set up a 66 or something. It was, it was a big old statue. You can argue all day long about what a cubit is. If you read the uh, King James version of the Bible, I have on my own authority, a cubit was from your elbow to your fingertips, about an, a, a foot and a half, 18 inches. That's all I got. <clears throat> Keep ye the Sabbaths, he says in, in verse 2. Keep the Sabbaths and be reverent. And reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. God wants that place where you meet and pour out your hearts to him in prayer and pour out your hearts to him in, in reverence to him and with a place where the, the word of God is expounded upon. It should be set aside. That's what sanctuary means, a room or a place that's been set aside for a specific purpose of lifting up the word of God. Verse 3, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season. The land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing floor shall uh, reach unto the, the vintage. In other words, it'll be there ready for when the grapes come and the vintage shall reach into the sowing time and you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. I will give you peace in your land. You shall lie down and none shall make you afraid. And I will, and I will, excuse me, I will rid evil beasts out of your land. Neither shall the sword go through your land. Evil beasts. Sometimes you can look at these things and say evil beasts. Well, that could be like lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Couldn't help it. Uh, those kind of beasts, the kinds that rip and tear and kill. Or it could be the evil beasts of demons. God will keep the demons out as long as you don't invite them in. And you shall see, uh, I'm sorry, you shall chase your enemies and they shall fall before you by the sword five of you shall chase an hundred a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword there's people that take these things to the point where they you know oh, i'm a christian so i can chase a thousand people well, i hope you can but we have enemies we cannot see and by the word of God and prayer and true Holy Spirit-filled people, not these fakes, you know, touch you and you fall down, or the ones that claim God and, and their, their, their witness is weak. All they can say is, well, I've won, won a lot of people to the Lord and all these other things. And then you say, you know, how did you do it? And they take you down the Romans road to make you say a prayer. For I will have respect on you, God says. God says he'll have respect for you if you do the things he asks you to do and make you fruitful and multiply you and establish my covenant with you. You shall eat old store and bring forth the, the old because of the new. I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. 
I want God to set his tabernacle among me, (laughs) among us. Does that mean he's, he's given a place to worship? He wants us. His tabernacle is you. Do you not know ye are a temple of the Holy Ghost, Paul's, Paul wrote. So the tabernacle can be within you. And his soul, soul, his soul, God's soul, shall not abhor you, shall not hate you, not turn against you. I will not walk among you, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord, your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, and you shall not be, oh, sorry, that you shall not be their bondmen. And I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. Um, When you're, notice that's a good one too. There, Jesus healed a woman, I think it was at 28 years or 18 years. I believe it was 18 years. She was bound over, bent, just face to the floor when she was standing up. And he touched her and broke the bonds of the yoke that held her down and made her go upright. It's a picture of being released from bondage. You shall not be their bondman. Now, you know, God is talking about the evil people that surround Israel. When we look at it, see, here's where I get in trouble with people. They, they don't want to look at the spiritual depth of the Bible. I am your God. I'm your Lord, he says. I brought you forth out of the land of Egypt. Christian, he brought you forth from the land of the darkness of sin and death, the land of the devil. You don't believe it? Read the, <laughs> read 1 John and just read the whole way through. Read the Gospels. Read 1 Peter where he says, I brought you from the darkness into his marvelous light. Whether you want to admit it or not, when you were not saved, when you were outside of Christ, you were in darkness. Ephesians tells us, thanks, chapter 2, says, you were dead. You were a walking dead, just like these stupid TV shows they keep putting on. People have to understand the prior of their condition. If you are saved, I'm talking to you and saying, realize what you've been saved from. First of all, you were saved from the sins you committed. You were cleansed of them. That's not really a salvation. That's just a cleansing. You were saved from the horrors of hell. You were saved from the judgment of of God. People won't say that out loud. They won't they won't bring that to you from the pulpits of America because people are like, "Oh no, you can't say that. I'm saved from God." Yes, you were. Jesus said, "Fear not man who can kill the body, but fear him who can destroy you in hell." Body and soul. Sorry. I paraphrased it. But you know the verse. I think it's Matthew 10:28. Somewhere in there. Do you get it? God is the judge. Jesus is the judge, actually. That's what it says. He will judge. The life that he lived on this planet 
as what we call the God-man. He was 100% man and 100% God. He wasn't 50-50 or 60-40. He wasn't just a good teacher. He was God. But he was confined to flesh, which limited a lot of what he could do as God. He couldn't be everywhere at once. He couldn't see everything but he did perceive those things that went on right around him, could read the Pharisees' hearts, minds, the same with his disciples. So anyway, he is the judge. You were saved from the judgment to come. Saved from the judgment of God. You will still have a judgment for us as believers, but it will not be a judgment of you're going to hell unless you are a false believer and then it'll still be the white throne, but great white throne. But as a believer, you will see judgment someday, a judgment that is still going to be a little bit humbling, I believe of what we've done in the body. How, how did you take and use the time given to you? How much praying and all the other things? Let's drop down now into the lower parts of Leviticus chapter 26, touch on a few things and get rolling on this pride deal. And when I talk about pride, it is not the type that we just had in the month of June here in the United States where we celebrate queers. Oops, he said it out loud. LGBTQ, what is the Q? I can say it if I want to. I know people on YouTube that they flutter over it because YouTube will kick them off. Kick me off. What are you going to do? I'll find another place. I'll set up my own server farm here at the house if I have to. We will get the word of God out to people. Spotify doesn't pay much attention to me, I don't think. They listen to Joe Rogan. If only I could get a tenth of the people that Joe gets. But, you know, he's he's a very compelling guy, and I just teach the Bible. So that should be more. But anyway, let's go on. God, in the uh, 14th verse of Leviticus 26, starts the uh, a little bit of what he does in De- Deuteronomy 28, which is uh, 56 or 65 verses, uh, 14 or 15 good, and then the rest of them. If you don't do the good things, if you don't you know, hold up the commandments that I give you, these are the things that will happen to you. And the same thing's going on here, but not to a to the greater degree. We're going to cover a few just to get the idea. Uh, verse 14, but if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, and if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments so that you will not do all my commandments, but that you will break my commandments. See, uh, God's kind of, it's, it's right at you. I will also do this unto you. Uh, even the point over you, terror, consumption, a fever, because in the King James says burning ague, A-G-U-E, ague, which means fever, a very bad fever, that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow to heart of heart. 
and you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies will eat that will eat it. And I will set my face against you, and you shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when none pursueth you. See, you're going to run when there's not even somebody behind you. I always use that joke. If you see me running, you better run too because something bigger than me is chasing me. Or, or it could be a groundhog here in Ohio. Those things are vicious, man. They're the Ohio Wolverine. Teeth everywhere and claws. Just funny little animal. Don't like anything. And it and if you shall um, and if you, and if ye will not yet for all this hearken unto me. That's a hard one to say. Then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. You will be punished seven times more for your sins. Oh, this is Old Testament. doesn't have anything to do with us. I am not an Old Testament, New Testament guy. I believe in the whole Bible as being whole Bible. Now, will you be, you know, all these things that it says here, you can take into a spiritual context, and we aren't going to do that yet today because the next verse is where I'm hidden for, hidden for. But I want you to understand you cannot just willfully sin. That's a, that's the whole idea. You can't do it. You can't say, well, uh, you know, uh, I've heard women even say about their husbands. Well, if he quits looking at other women, I'll, 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 then I'll start to worry. You better worry while he's doing it. In his mind, you don't know what he's thinking. Because I'm not Jesus, I don't either. But why is a married man with his eyes all over every girl at Walmart wearing short shorts. I know it's hard, fellas. You have to learn to break it, and it's not an easy thing because there's a lot of enticing things that happen in the summer. The Holy Ghost should go with you everywhere, should he not? And he does, believer. 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 That means you who believe. Learn to say, I'm not going to look. Father, help me not to. Because it's, it's in your face for a reason. To break your will. To get your thoughts on impure things. So when a woman says, well, when he quits looking, that's when I worry. You worry while he's doing it. You don't have to become some overly green monster jealous fruitcake. But, you know, after a while, maybe you should say something. Why are you, why is your head turn so often to go backwards? <laughs> uh, verse number 19, before I get too much into it, I'm not being pointed. I'm just saying, folks, we have to be very careful with, with the eyes and the ears take in. They are the they are the direct direct input to that brain of ours. What goes in the ears? See, those are the now your mouth takes in food or drink, which can be a problem. But your ears and your eyes they see things that can't be erased, and they hear things that it takes forever to get rid of. If I listen to the wrong music. It, it'll haunt me. I mean, I'll, I'll be in the, I mean, literally I'll wake up and I'm like, why did I listen to that? It's in my head 
See, we say that that hook from the music gets in your head. The same with those eyes, man. You'll see visions of things that you cannot get away from only through the spirit of God and the power of God. Leviticus 26 and verse number 19. Again, this is God speaking. And I will break the pride of your power. And I will make your heaven as iron and your earth as brass. And your strength shall be spent in vain, for your land shall not yield her increase. Neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruits. I understand there's a very uh, depressing amount of crop failures this year. I I uh, I, pl- I plant very little anymore. I like I like peppers. So I plant a lot of peppers, and I try to do corn. My corn never works out. Weeds grow real well in my garden. Uh, they they even grow in, I buy these, what they call grow bags. They're nice. You just fill them full of potting mix, and you and you mix up some good stuff, and you can get some good plants. I, and I got some good peppers, but, you know, not like I used to. Weeds are prevalent. A lot, and we had a lot of rain here in the, uh, I think it's called the 6th, Oh, they got those numbers and names. Uh, six, uh, anyway, uh, area six of Ohio, I guess, is what I'm trying to spit out. And you know, you can plant certain things at certain times, and they'll they'll still grow. I could probably even still plant some squash and get get fortunate to have some in November. But the thing of it is, is this year not much grew, even of the little bits that I put out. I still have more peppers than I know what to do with, so we're eating peppers like crazy, which doesn't bother me. I like them. I have a couple little bushes full of habanero peppers. But, you know, I, I can remember having so much, I was just giving it away all over the place. And you know, not everybody wants you to give them habanero peppers. If they don't know what they are, they will learn quickly. Even in Ohio soil, they're a kicker, man. But here's the thing. God's blessed this nation for many, many years. We've been a producer of corn, a producer of wheat and oat, and soybean you know, has become a big thing. But we've had a lot of it. Now, I'm going to tell you, as I look out the window, I'm surrounded with corn, which is kind of nice because it's a, it's a natural fence for your neighbor. You know, they can't really see what you're doing. You can't see what they're doing. Everybody's happy. But there's corn everywhere, and it's grown like crazy. Those corn stalks are eight feet high. So we've had a good year there. But I, I myself, I lost my whole uh, plant sunflowers just for fun. I like to watch them get their big heads and stare at the sun. Uh, the, the wind came and wiped out a bunch of them. The water came and took out most of the rest. But it's, it's just been one of those years. Some people, you know, they're really serious about their their farming and their gardening. They've done rather well. So I don't think God has completely taken us off the table as far as our our trees and our our bushes aren't going to give us fruit. But there's a lot of pride in the American ego system. Ego, G-E-O, not eco. They really, we really get ourselves ahead of ourselves. We think we are the 
cat's meow, as they say. And we, we tend to uh, think we are the policemen of the world, the feeder. We used to do it. We used to be able to feed the world. California in a drought. Sorry, nothing's growing there or very little. All that lettuce, you, know, you get these lettuce heads that feel like there's nothing in them, just leaves. What's up? Learning to be hungry. But, you know, on the spiritual side of it, we've been hungry for a long time, didn't even know it, most people. They go to church and say, oh, that was a great message. And I say, well, what did he, did he talk about? Oh, he talked about the rapture. He talked about this, or he talked. But when they get right down to it, did they put good biblical background to what they were talking about? They yank a few verses out of context, or take a a good uh, Bible story, like even Samson or Noah or David and Goliath or or whatever, and they turn it into this man centered mess. Everything in the Bible is God-centered. I heard a preacher say one time that the Psalms, they're not good for doctrine. They can't be used for doctrine. I'm like, what? First of all, the Bible says of itself, all Scripture is God-breathed and is worthy for doctrine, rebuke, reproof, and, and, uh, and teaching, basically. All of it. So you don't get to pick what is and what can't be used for doctrine. Because God's going to break your pride. You have this power idea. People are going to listen to what you say. But when you pray, he says in this verse number 19, it's a scary kind of a verse. Verse 26, 19 of Leviticus and I will break the pride of your power. You've gotten to the point where you have power, but it's built up in you something other than reverence for God. It's built up pride. And I will make your heaven as iron. It's not going to rain, guys. And your earth is brass. Nothing's going to grow. And your strength shall be spent in vain. Verse number twenty. I'm sorry. Verse number twenty. And your land shall not yield or increase; neither shall the trees of the field or of the land yield their fruits. Don't get into this pride thing. Pride will kill you. Pride has been man's problem from the very beginning. It started with a being created by God named Satan or Lucifer who decided he was bigger than God, and God showed him he's not. He's cast out, cast down, cast away. He went from beautiful to ugly. Now, there, the people say, well, you know, if you ever see him, he's a good-looking guy. Well, he probably still is because he has found a way to hide his reality. In Isaiah 14, it says, Is this the man that shook the whole world that that made the nations to cringe, basically. It's just a little troll laying in a hole called hell. His name is Satan, the adversary, the troublemaker. Pride got into him. 
he shared his pride with Adam and Eve. They disobeyed. Yes, that's the that's a big big no no. See, disobedience to God. But yet we we live in a in a society and we live in a religious society today that says, "Oh, I I can be disobedient to God because I'm under grace." No, you aren't. And no, you can't. We are to be obedient creatures. We have been saved by the blood of Christ. A very high price was paid for you to just say, well, uh, once saved, always saved. It's all good. Eternal security, unconditional. God can't take gifts away. But right here, he's telling us he can. And he will if you're disobedient. And you continue in your disobedience. If you walk contrary unto me, verse number 21, and will not hearken unto me, I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. And remember, he was saving them from those wild beasts. Verse 22, I'll send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children, destroy your cattle, and make you few in number, and your highways shall be desolate. You won't even be able to walk your roads without a bear, lion, tiger, or some other crazy beast, a gila monster coming and grabbing you and dragging your kids away. That's a horrible thought. Don't walk contrary to God. Oh, without word, that's Old Testament. That's just Old Testament. It's it's Bible. Now, will you be drugged off by a Gila monster or a bear or something? I doubt it. I mean, that's not what God would do to you today. But you will be turned over to the devil, I imagine, for the destruction of the flesh. Your flesh will get you in more trouble than you can ever imagine. We'll touch on that in just a little bit. i got to roll along. More pride to come. Your prayers. Oh, yeah, remember that one about your heavens will be like brass? Your prayers will not reach God if pride is in the way. Uh, Psalm 66, I believe, is it says... If you hide iniquity in your heart, your prayers will not be answered. Scary stuff. All of it. Scary stuff. God talks to these people. He's telling them, this is his people. Now, you know, are you not, are you not his people now? And yeah, you know, we don't have to live by the, you know, eating pork as a sin and all that kind of stuff. But God says, you know, I, I still am God, and I don't change. Malachi 3, 6. If you will not, for all this, hearken unto me, but walk contrary, then I will walk contrary unto you also in fury. I and I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins. That keeps coming up seven times for your sins. So uh, you want to be an idiot? You're going to get seven times more back. If you eat the flesh of your sons, 
and the flesh of your daughters also you eat. I will destroy your high places and cut down your images and cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols, and my soul shall abhor you. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. People, I mean, that's what these people around them did. They, they, they uh, sacrificed their sons and their daughters, and evidently they ate their flesh. Isn't that gross? Yes, it is, but that's the Bible. I'm not ashamed of it. It's what it says. I'll make your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries into desolation and will not, I will not smell the savor of your sweet odors. That's verse number 31. I didn't plan on going this far today in Leviticus 26, but it's well worth it. And people are still going to say, well, that's Old Testament. We're not under the law. You want to live outside of God even while you claim to be in Christ. You're under the law. You put yourself there. Come on, people. Wake up. No, we don't have to live by the Ten Commandments because Jesus said you can't do it. But they are moral laws. Look at them again. Look at the, the second table that re, that just basically refers to the uh, actions of man to man. You know, do not murder, do not steal, do not whatever. And all those are commit adultery. Those are what you do with other men or, or mankind. Those are moral. Those are good if you follow them, if you stay within the boundaries there. And, you know, our Ten Commandments, our Ten Commandments, our laws in this nation at one time were based on the Ten Commandments because they were moral. God's side of the table just says, have no other gods before me. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and strength. Heart, mind, soul, and strength. Yeah. God wants your attention. He wants you to focus on him. He desires you. Spend the Lord's day with the Lord. Or, oh, no, uh, you know, football season's on. Now we got got to stay home and watch the Browns lose considerably every year, every month, every week, whatever. Throw things at it, yell and scream, carry on, and in church you might get, might, might get, amen. Now, you know, you don't have to be disruptive in church to show your appreciation for what a pastor or a preacher may be saying, but, you know, every once in a while they may hit a, a chord where you need to let them know you're listening. God tells them, I will destroy your high places and cut down your images and cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols and your soul. What is your image? What is your idol? What's your high place? Think about it. Let's go on. If I stay here, oh, one more. Verse number 31. I will make your cities waste, bring your sanctuaries into desolation, and and I will not smell the savor of your sweet odors. Uh, That last part is prayer when you pray it's like incense to heaven and if you read and look at these things you'll notice that there's this 
uh, altar of incense that is put together that the, uh, it's a prayers of the saints in revelation and the angel kicks it over and it goes down and burns up all the trees and stuff. I will bring your land into desolation and your enemies, which dwell therein shall be astonished at it. I'll scatter you among the heathens. The heathens are here, man. We've, we just let them in, in this country. Now, in the, in the real sense of what God's saying, I had set you apart. I gave you a land, and I will let you keep it. Just do what I say. Follow these precepts. Follow these laws. Follow these commandments. Whatever you want to look at, these, these things are, are here for you to do. And if you do them and do them correctly and stay away from all the junk of the world, you will prosper. This is actually prosperity gospel. And that's where these guys tweak it and turn it into something else today, but I'm not going to do that. But for the Jew, at this point, it was. You follow the commands of God. You do the, the law of God. You, you stay within the boundaries of God, and you will prosper. I will keep you safe, he said. Now, Christians, even though we, we do what we feel is necessary, we go out maybe to witness at a street fair or whatever, uh, whatever you know, opportunity you have, you may find that you, you can't do it anymore. You might get locked up for it. But we are a witness wherever we go. Just be a witness. Pass that track. Take the, take the hit if it comes. Let's go on now. Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8, talking about pride. Um, again, I, I've been on a, a kick, and I may have to put it to uh, tape here before long. I, I, and I say tape, whatever you call this, uh, recording, recording. <laughs> digits on 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 spotify or whatever we are definitely in a place where people do not fear god i've been i've been doing some messages in different places that i do them at talking about the fear of god and people don't want to hear about it I mean, I don't think, I mean, some do, uh, if you do it correctly and you bring people to a realization of what it really means, it's not a walking around shaking in your shoes that God's going to strike you with a thunderbolt. It's just that you realize you serve a God who's always there. He sees everything you do. He knows every thought you have. He knows the intentions of your heart. The Bible tells us these things. I, I, uh, I, I'll save it because I really I think the, the, the message behind the fear of God can take up weeks worth of stuff the way I've been doing podcasts. I haven't done any for a while, but usually two or three a week, and I could do several weeks or a month just talking about that thing alone, the fear of God. It is important to get into our eyes and into our minds to understand Verse number 13 of Proverbs chapter 8, as we roll merrily along, starts with, okay, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. 
we're entering that season where evil is going to come out of the woodworks. It's called Halloween season. It's evil, folks, no matter how. I did an, I did one message last year, I think it was, on Halloween. I, I'm not going to do – I'll probably mention it enough during the month of October towards the end of September, but it's like people – oh, it's just cute. My kids are going to dress up like Disney princesses. I wouldn't, I wouldn't dress my kid up in a Disney anything. Disney is evil. Disney has nothing but LGBTQ behind it now watch something don't disassociate divorce get away from leave it but see people run to stupidity and think they're doing oh it's a it's a dream to go to disney world give it out of here the fear of the lord is to hate evil uh that's got a semicolon next to it so you pause for a second pride comma pride there it is Fear of the Lord is to hate evil, to hate pride, to hate arrogancy, and the evil way, and the perverse talking. Now, this comma separates it all and says, (laughs) do I hate? The fear of the Lord is is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way and the froward mouth or the perverse mouth the perverse mouth god says i hate people perverting the gospel of jesus christ people perverting the entire word of god to fit into their little categories that make them uh oh people really like that message you gave today preacher you did you hit it out of the park and you're like no you didn't you barely used scripture. You spent more time telling stories and jokes. It's prevalent in our church today because that's what they're trained to do. Or it becomes part of their program. Let me just tell you a story today. I ain't going to do it. I don't need to entertain people. You don't come to me for entertainment. That's obvious. God tells us counsel in verse number 14 of Proverbs 8. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom are mine. I'm adding the mine on just for clarity. I am understanding i have strength now some will say no that's solomon writing that solomon's writing that under the unction of the holy ghost so what he writes is what god wants him to write he wants him to write about the fear of the lord the fear of the lord to hate evil pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the perverse talking or perverse mouth. These things God says, I do, these I hate. Fear the Lord. Pride. Pride. It gets into everything, doesn't it? 
even even when you you, you get a guy gets up and he he's, he looks like he's really going to be the he's going to be the preacher of the year boy he, this guy could just crank it and then what happens they fall to pride by mercy and truth iniquity is purged and by the fear of the lord men depart from evil proverbs 16:6 6. by mercy and truth iniquity willful sinning sinning on a deep level is purged it can be ripped out of you those eyes that that are swinging around to see that girl walk by taking deep breaths <gasps> The fear of the Lord makes men depart from evil. If you have no fear of God, I mean, what's going to happen? They just, you, people, you see it. If you really sit back and you and you try to discern people at times, you see it all the time. There is no fear of God before their eyes, is what it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 18. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Don't put on that Budweiser t-shirt and go to the, go to the park. Oh, that's a, probably an easy, that's most people wouldn't these days but i see things i saw a girl walking around with a t-shirt on one day at a street fair down here where i live that said something about f you i'm sorry to use that kind of graphicness but that's just the way it is people don't care to them it's funny Proverbs sixteen eighteen is one of those verses that we've we've all grown up on. No, it's not. Forget that. I was <laughs> I got something in my notes that I that I wasn't really paying attention to. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. But uh the the Bible opens up doors in your in your mind to help you to understand the fact that we live in a world that is just going to try to consume you every way that it can. It's going to, it's going to pull you down every chance it gets. It's going to rip you to shreds. It's, it's the evil beasts that God told the Israelites. He said, I will save you from the evil beasts. Yet people, they want saving from hell. But the the evil beast, ah, well, you know, I'll still mess around with my adultery. Why? Why would you want to? Why would you want to take the chance? You know, if you're if you're so stuck on your sin, you have a problem. We all have come to that realization. There's something in our lives 
that's just ripped at us and ripped at us and ripped at us, and we can't seem to shake it. Proverbs sixteen eighteen: pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You hold on to that sin so long that it just eats at you. Pride gets in there. See, I honestly believe me and a, me and a preacher, he's passed on, a friend of mine, pastor of a church, at one time was really good. We were talking about something in particular, and he says, I'm going to have to look into that because I believe that at the basis of all sin, you'll find pride. Because you think you're going to get away with it. You think God's not going to watch me do this, or God doesn't care if I do that thing or this thing or the other thing. I beg to differ with you, friend. He does. When one of his own goes on sinning just because he thinks he can it's a very i mean it hurts god's heart that haughty spirit that i'm not going to get caught up in this god god's not going to look at me the same way he looks at you blatant sinner but when you are a blatant sinner guess what he is going to and you're going to get the check mark in the wrong column. The enemy of righteousness is pride. People are saying, well, I'm not trying to be righteous. I just want to be saved. You can't be one or the other, okay? Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. We live in a society where I think we're all kind of hungry for righteousness we see so much evil the tv brings us evil the radio brings us evil uh the internet's full of evil that doesn't mean it's all bad there's some good there are always some good god finds a way to get his word in there as well you're not going to completely shut god out but the evil it's fun for a season, it says, don't mess with it. Don't don't think, Christian, that you're you're exempt because you've taken that happy vow that God said, you know, I cleanse you of your sins. I sat one day and I did this. This is this is actually an original for me. I looked at pride. Now I always like when people can take a word and make a, what do you call it, anagram or, or whatever from it. And from pride, I came up with this, pride. Pomposity, reprobation, indifference, doubt, and extermination. Pomposity, reprobation, indifference, doubt and extermination that's what pride does to you you get pompous you think you're bigger than everything you become a reprobate romans chapter one talks about people being turned over to a reprobate mind you begin to become indifferent to everything well it doesn't mean anything to me i'm not one of them but you sit and watch them also, Romans chapter 1, those who take 
pleasure in the evil that people do. You become indifferent to it. Doubt. You begin to doubt God. You begin to lose faith. And it leads to extermination. Pride. Extermination. You lose everything. This life and the next one. Do not let pride enter in. I think we will have more on this in the next program. Simply because I ran out of time today. But that's all right. It's good to be back with you here. September the 6th, 2023. Until the next time, which should be soon. I want to continue this. Pride. Pride in the fear of God. Get that, get that, get that reverential fear for God. That, that real fear for God. That fear of God that tells you that, hey... I, I realize just who you are, Lord, and I've, I've taken you for granted. I've not realized your power, your majesty, and your, the high honor that you are due, and I want you to have it. I'm a child of the king. Sing.